0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In The Ring with Acacia Courtney. I'm your host, Acacia Courtney, as I'm recording this episode from my office at Saratoga. It is week three at the spa time flies when you're having fun that's for sure we've seen some more great performances looking forward to catching up with the connections of a stakes winner we saw this week and uh, looking forward to continuing to talk about the Saratoga phasic tipton sale that's coming up here both the select sale and the New York bread sale I think a major focus of the sales world right now as there's the excitement the buzz of running at places like Saratoga and Del Mar but you're always looking for the next one you're looking for the future you're looking to pick up some of the those yearlings, the blank canvas, so to speak, and be able to mold those into potential first amount two-year-old winners, potential stakes winners down the line. The dream is big and it all starts at a sale like the Saratoga Select Sale. So, Looking forward to today's episode. I hope you enjoy and get ready for another episode of In The Ring. Well, if you've been watching Saratoga, you saw that we had the New York Stallion series on Wednesday, and it was a very exciting performance from a horse named Step Dancer. His sire, Wardancer, is one who has really had quite a bit of success, particularly with those New York bred horses. And I'm really pleased to be joined by my friend, Robin Malatino, to talk a bit about Wardancer. Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Acacia, for having me. Now, tell me about that performance yesterday from, from Step Dancer and the win for his sire. how exciting was that?
1: Well, not only was the win exciting, because obviously he has this style where he really likes to come from behind, almost like a Zenyatta style, and uh, I think he was six or seven lengths off, and I'm like, oh gosh, we're going to get second, and then all of a sudden, like a bullet, he started flying. Uh, I think he finished that last quarter in 21 and changed, so we were very, very excited, he was born on our farm, and he has a wonderful Cinderella story, which makes it even sweeter.
0: And what's that Cinderella story? I mean, really just so exciting to see how he's progressed. And he won it under 25 to 1 in his debut, too.
1: That's right. So um, it's interesting, Acacia. He was uh, – my husband and his friend, Richie Pressman, claimed a mayor at Saratoga a few years ago named Just Be Steppin. And he, they claimed her at the end of the season for $16,000 dollars. And it turns out she bowed her tendon so she couldn't race. So they bred her to ward answer. And this baby came out and he was quite small. She was a maiden mare and he was quite small and she rejected him. She was like mommy dearest. She would kiss him and try to bite him at the same time. And it was awful. And we had to build a wall like with wood panels so that she wouldn't kick him. So after watching this on a camera for two weeks or so, we said, we have to just take her away and get a nurse mare. So, which we did and we gave her away to rerun. So then we brought in a nurse mare and she hated him because she had her other baby that apparently she wanted to be with. So we had to put a a metal mask on her face so so that she wouldn't bite him. We called her Hannibal Lecter. And so we had to take her away from him. So then we went and we got a pink thoroughbred cross who was so small. He had a like duck to go under her, but she loved him. And that became his mom, mom number three. So uh, it, it, it's a wonderful story of, uh, you know, when they have a heart, they have a heart. There's nothing you're going to, you know, that's going to stop them.
0: Wow. It's just amazing to see kind of the adversity overcoming at the start and um, the excitement in the winner's circle. I remember when he won his debut at Saratoga. Take me back to last summer when he went off at such a big price. And just like he did this week in the state, he was just gobbling up the ground that day.
1: So last summer, if you recall, I think it was the last weekend of the track, Labor Day weekend. They were the first two board answers to start. Um, It was just be stepping. I mean, um, step dancer and um, pivotal run. And they were the two long shots. I think pivotal was 53 to one and step was 20 something to one. Anyway, and at the half, they're in the back. I want to say nine and 10. And then all of a sudden, pivotal started moving. And then, and they were they were best friends here at the farm. And then steps started moving. And then they come in one, two, and I want to say the exact. Paid like sixteen hundred dollars or something. So they were the two long shots. They came in first and second, and it was their maiden race. Um, and I want to say something else that's really cool. Um, Tony and I have been doing this probably since early 2000, late, late 99. Um, and we've never, we've been in all kinds of partnerships and, um, with all kinds of very, very well-bred horses and we've never, ever broken our maiden first time out. And we have now had four four war dancers break their maiden first time out, which like, that's like mind boggling to us. Very exciting.
0: So cool. And, and you and your husband, Tony, as you mentioned, uh, you race under diamond M stable, um, on oh, step dancers with some partners. And I just loved seeing the excitement in the winner's circle after that New York Stallion series in the Cab Callaway. And talk a little bit about that, what it means to win a stake against some solid horses, certainly, and to, to run down a pace setter at Saratoga.
1: Well... Uh, It's interesting that you mentioned that, Acacia. So the New York Bread Program is, you know, they may be born in New York, but they're mainly Kentucky sires. So this is the one race that we really like because we're running against other New York sires. Mm -hmm. In fact, we really think that there should be more, you know, a whole division of New York sired races. Uh, But anyway, that's a, a different subject. But this was really exciting for us because it's one thing, you know, a lot of people go and they buy a horse, but it's another thing when you make a horse. When you breed a horse and you watch it as a baby and you see its personality develop, I, 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 I just it's like watching your child in the Olympics. I don't think there's anything more exciting. And um, we, 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 just, we just love seeing his success. We love seeing Wardancer's success. You know, there's a lot of people that doubted whether, whether he'd be able to pass on his great father's genes. And I think so far uh, he's proving the naysayers wrong.
0: He was so exciting on the track for you and you campaigned him, um, as a racehorse. Talk a little bit about the experience uh, of the journey that he took you on war dancer and now being able to carry on that legacy, so to speak.
1: So Kenny McPeak bought him as a yearling in the, um, Tipton, uh, sale and he was not a New York bred. He was just a, a Kentucky bred. Anyway, and we went on a wonderful ride uh, with Kenny, and he ended up being a multiple greatest stakes winner. Won the Virginia Derby, but we raced in, you know, we raced in the Travers, we raced in the Sword Dancer. In fact, I'm hoping a Step Dancer uh, wins the Sword Dancer next year. That's my my, my vision. But uh, it was it was a wonderful ride, and then we decided to stand him stud because. We thought it just made sense, and we thought it would be relatively easy because he was by Warfront, and he was he's a great stallion. Um, and uh, then we realized just how hard that program is. Um, now looking back, uh, you know, we, we, we're having some success, but the journey getting here was really, really tough, really, really difficult, uh, and we're just really proud for our boy. And every time one of his babies wins, I run over to Irish Hill and go give him a couple of uh, – actually, I buy him a case of Guinness every time one of them wins. <laughs>
0: And they love it. They love it so much. Um, And you mentioned some of the challenges. What were some of those challenges as far as attracting attention to a new sire?
1: Well, I think the best mares in New York uh, end up going to Kentucky to breed. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a limited pool of mares in New York. So we came up with this program for the first year. We called it Breeding with the Stars. And we actually subsidized mayors from other states. We had mayors from seven states in Canada come breed to him, but you had to qualify. You had to be a stakes producing or stakes performing mayor. And we basically paid their shipping to come to New York to breed to him. So- I mean, we, we, we were confident that, that he would throw something, and we were also willing to back him 100%. I mean, the amount of support that, that you need to give a stallion in New York is almost mind boggling. But I guess if you do it, uh, and then, and then you know, the horse gods are good enough to take the genes and transfer them to the next generation, uh, you end up where, where we're sitting right now. And we're extremely proud of him and extremely happy.
0: And you and Tony are, are so enthusiastic and you're so willing to think outside the box. Um, you know, I did some things with uh, you at the farm with the War Stud series, too. Um, you know, it, how important do you think that is in thinking outside the box and making your stallion stand out?
1: So we have some race partnerships, Acacia. Uh, we race under Saratoga 10. Mm-hmm. And I tell them we have parties at the farm and we have parties in the barn, and we're, and literally the horses are, as we're eating dinner they're around us the moms the babies everything and we've just done almost everything out of the box and the reason is you have to have fun this is a journey to just wait for a two-minute race it's just not enough so we enjoy all the aspects of the horse the baby the moms the personalities And I think the people that participate in our racing and we brought a lot of new people into this game uh, and they're, they're enjoying it from the ground up. And they realize that racing is one component, but not the, the, the total aspect. I think too many people look at this and it's just like, oh, the race didn't do well, move on. And that's not what it's about. Yeah,
0: so many experiences that take you there along the way. And, you could see that just in the paddock, and the winter circle afterwards. And how important was it to you that he stands in the state of New York? What went into that decision?
1: For us, that's a no-brainer because um, we own Sugar Plum Farm. Uh, we used to own Saratoga Water, so we're, we're very entrenched in, in Saratoga. Um, we think that Saratoga is the best racing in the country, mm-hmm. and we think this is the best track. We think this is the best place to be. So we are, we are fully committed. And, um, he, I, you know, my goal is for him to be the King of New York, like the Frank Sinatra in New York. In fact, we have pictures of him dressed up as Frank Sinatra. Um, and we do, um, you know, if you recall when we first started out, we, I looked at the catalog, the stallion catalog, and it was like the size of an, of an old phone book. And I said, how does everyone stand out? You know? So I, I realized that we needed to do some interesting marketing things. And I, I like to say, I, I put Saratoga Water in a blue bottle back in the day, and it changed the, um, the, the, the progress of Saratoga Water as a company, and we put Ward Answer in a blue bottle. We, we just started marketing him as a, uh, as a cool, fun, hip, bachelor-type stallion. He was called America's Most Eligible Stud when he started.
0: And how exciting is it now being at the track and watching his progeny run, even if it's one, you know, that somebody else owns or trains and, um, but you, you just get a chance to have that rooting interest at the races.
1: First of all, it feels like we own every, every one of them, whether we own them or not. So we had two other horses in the stallion stakes yesterday and I was rooting for them as hard as I was rooting for step dancer, uh, gator bite. And, uh, and um, Barrage. And the interesting thing is, I think initially people may have dismissed war Answer cause I'm looking at some of these horses and they were coming out at 40 to one, 30 to one. I don't know if you saw um, Danzig with the stars was a war Answer one on opening day. I think he went off at uh, 10 to one or 12 to one. So these, all of them, and what I'm hearing from all these trainers, the buzz I'm hearing is they're smart, they're athletic, they have thick bones, and they try hard. You can't ask for anything more than that. So um, no, I'm, I'm, like a, I'm like a grandmother of, of, of a million babies.
0: And so fun to follow that too. And well, step dancers on the smaller side, he does have the English channel on the, on the bottom side. He's just, he shows up like a fire breathing dragon. And I think Michelle Nevin had a first time starter by war dancer yesterday too, who looked exactly like him. You know, that has to be fun to see those genes passed on. Like you mentioned the intelligence and the mental aspect, but a lot of the ones that I've seen look just like war dancer too.
1: Yeah. And, and it's funny, Acacia, because when we first started out, people would say to me, oh, you hope he stamps them. Well, I think he's taken that to another level. I mean, there's some of them that look like mini me. <laughs> uh, and uh, people thought I was crazy because we took pictures of him looking at his kids, like where they're like four feet apart. And just because they look so identical. But so far, those are the ones that are doing you know, the best. We have Danzig looks exactly like him. The one you saw yesterday, Toga Dancer, um, Dancing Buck. He's actually here on, a little, on a, a little layup. He's going to be heading back to the track this weekend. Uh, he's already broken his maiden, his allowance. Um, show me the honey. She's another one. She looks just like him. I mean, we're, we're, we're super excited about, about how he's throwing them and how they look.
0: When you first got in the game, did you ever think that you'd be in this position, standing a stallion in New York and trying to promote him and, and get mayors to come to him?
1: Okay, our whole life in this game has been the tail wagging the dog. The reason we have the farm today is because I, we bought a horse named, we named her Sugar Plum Girl. And I said to my husband, we have to have a place for her to retire when she stops racing. That's how naive we were. We, <laughs> bought her, we, went, we went out for a hamburger to Fazig Tipton Sale. We bought a racehorse and it, we didn't have a trainer. We didn't have an owner. We didn't have a vet. We didn't have anything. We just bought her because I had a gut feeling. That's how crazy this is. Then we have a farm and now we have a stallion. So this this is this is the only thing I'm actually now planning a little bit, which is planning his career as a stallion. So let me give you an example. We um I saw one of his progeny, Barrage, racing in Gulfstream and um he raced in a um a claiming race in Gulfstream. So Uh, you know, first I, and he was born here and I thought about, um, claiming him, And then I said, I, you know, I didn't want to go to claiming jail in Gulfstream. We like racing in New York. We, we love racing in New York. So, uh, I ended up calling the owner and, um, we became fast friends. You know, every conversation in the, in the industry is always at least an hour. Um, when you realize you both love horses Mm -hmm. and, and we became fast friends. Next thing you know, she sends him to the stallion series, uh, Teresa Palmer, she sends him to the stallion series at Belmont and, uh, he comes in third, but he almost came in second. Actually step dancer, pulled one of his last minute, you know, bullets. And, um, so she went from, from Gulfstream claiming to stallion series. Now he's in New York. Uh, he had a little bit of an off day yesterday, but so I'm, I'm really excited to support the New York, uh, program. And I feel like all of his progeny that are New York bred should run in New York. Uh, and, and whatever I could do to help them do it, I do it. We're like a family.
0: And it makes perfect sense too, given the the incentives that the New York bread program offers and taking the opportunity of some of those restricted races, you see some really competitive New York bread races now too. And it's been fun for me to follow and see how the program is growing. And, and I always think it's exciting when there's new stallions in the state. And you mentioned that he's by Warfront. Uh, how much of a, of a draw do you think that is, as we've obviously seen Warfront be kind of a foundation sire and now more of a sire of sire, so to speak
1: to. So when I went to visit Warfront, um, obviously I had to do that. I did that a few years ago. And the stallion manager said to me, I said, can I pet him? And he said, you can hug him if you want. Wow. And I hugged him. And let me tell you, he was like a teddy bear. Wow. And war dancer is very similar to that. People, it's crazy. There's something about about the Warfront line, which maybe it came from Danzig, I don't know, but something about that line they are very sweet, gentle, smart souls. Um, and I think that, that that's what's coming through. I think people are starting to realize... Now, he's the first Warfront in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's starting to come through in his progeny. And I, th- listen, let's be honest. The trainers like horses that are easy to handle, mm-hmm. that, are, that, are, that try hard and are easy to handle. And so far, I'm knocking on wood. Uh, all the, all the war dancers seem to be that way.
0: A great week with step dancer. What are some things that maybe we can look forward to with war, war dancer? Um, and maybe some of your goals that you'd like to see for him as a stallion moving forward after the strong past year.
1: Well, I'd like to see, and you know, by the way, he has thrown some dirt runners too. I don't know if you saw surprise boss, but he looked pretty awesome on the dirt. Um, and, uh, I would just like him to continue to be a, uh, a star in New York and I'd like to get him hundred mayors. You know, that was my goal in year one. We did it. Uh, I'd like that to, I'd like him to get hundred mayors for the next 10 years and we stand him in New York and I'd like him to be the King of New York. I know Freud was the King of New York f- for a long time and he's, he's now the senior King. Um, and, uh, I'd like, I'd like to be the next King of New York.
0: Well, wishing you all the best. Congratulations again with step dancer, Rob. And it was so fun seeing you in the Winter circle. And, um, thanks for coming on the show today and talking about, as you said, your favorite subject.
1: Thank you, Acacia. Appreciate it.
0: Well, with the phasing Tipton Saratoga sale coming up, thought it'd be fun to talk to somebody from one of the consistently leading consigners at all the sales uh, throughout the year, Denali Stud, Vice President Conrad Banderoff joins me today. Conrad, thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me, Acacia. And uh, oh. can't wait to come north here in a couple days
0: yeah looking forward to seeing you up here and you know, talk about how exciting it is for you as consigners to have a chance to have this Saratoga sale back this year as it is always one that draws a lot of attention,
2: you know, we always look forward to coming up uh, to Saratoga and you know, I think this year more than ever, we're really excited to be coming up, you know, since we missed it last year, and it's mm-hmm. always an important date on our calendars and you know we've we've been coming up I've been coming up for as as long as I've been alive, and you know my dad always talked about how you know last year was the was the first time in thirty plus years that he hadn't you know wasn't going to saratoga and uh and we missed it and um not only missed it for her all the fun reasons that we enjoy being mm-hmm. up there but um you know it 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 fills a really important role in the sales calendar, especially with the New York bread sale. And, uh, so, uh, we're, uh, we're on the bit and rearing and ready to go and can't (laughs) wait to get back up there.
0: Well, the Saratoga sales, you mentioned, it's a party. It's a great atmosphere. It's a lot of excitement. Um, but you also see fireworks in the ring too, as it is a select sale. How much do you think that that impacts the success of it, that it really is the best of the best as far as physicals and pedigrees?
2: You know it it's very important uh the phasic tipton team does a very good job putting the catalog together and um you know for for us uh we've got a very good track record in the in the select sale we've we've topped the sale or had the co-topper in the sale you know consistently over over the last five six years and um we're very careful with what we bring up there uh we have a very high level of criteria for, for horses that we, that we're going to bring up and that we think suit that sale. And um, it's a great place when everything works out. uh, Mm -hmm. But it can be, it can be lonely at the same time. If you have a horse that slips through the cracks or, Mm -hmm. you know, doesn't quite meet that bar because it is a really high bar in Saratoga. And, um, but it's a great atmosphere. You know, there's, it's, it's relaxed. You, you don't have, you know, buyers and sellers alike aren't overwhelmed with a huge number of horses mm-hmm. to get through. So you can talk to people and it's, as you mentioned, it's a very social sale. It's kind of, it's almost like an adult Halloween. Like you come up there <laughs> and and it's, uh, it, it's, you're up there to work, but you're up there to have fun and socialize as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's also just some, some magic about Saratoga, the meat's on the town's alive, everybody from, you know, all the major players, owners, buyers are, are, are in town for, for the meat and the sale. And, um, you know, there's just some, some magic pixie dust that, that makes it a great <laughs> environment for, for selling horses. And, uh, and we've always, uh, We've always supported their sale strongly. We actually are bringing our our biggest group that we've ever brought to the select sale. We've mm-hmm. got we've got 12 in the in the main sale, and um, you know that that's that's more than we would typically have. But but we didn't we didn't lessen our criteria at all. We think we're bringing a, a really nice group of horses, and and can't wait to get up there, especially after missing a year.
0: Yeah, looking through the, the pedigree pages of your draft coming up this year, it's really kind of like a who's who as you start to look through um, the pedigrees right off the back. Your first one is TIP 21 who's by Into mischief and um, the sister to Vertical Oak. Um, you've got some new stallions in there. Give me a little bit of a run through of what we can expect from those 12 in the select sale.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you, you started off, you mentioned the Into mischief Philly, and that's a good one to start with because she's, she's a lovely filly, um, you know, half sister to Vertical Oak who uh, earned a 775,000 uh, sold to stone street to join their illustrious broodmare band um, for 700,000. And she's just a, a very quality into mischief um, has a great mind to her. She's bomb proof. Uh, and just one of those fillies that, the more you're around her the more you kind of appreciate her her high level of intelligence and mm-hmm. and just kind eye and and just a just a really nice filly to be around um you know as we go through the consignment uh you know i i i could talk about every horse i'll try not to <laughs> but um but uh you know hip 61 is a is a tap at philly at a checkup from neck up she's a stakes placed mare um Tappet having another great year with the likes of essential quality and, and flight line out on the, on the West coast. Uh, and, um, this Philly is, is, a, is a very special type of Tappet. Um, just a, a real class of an air of quality about her and, uh, and one that we're, we're really excited to bring up and, and showcase, um, uh hip 200 is a son of quality road out of song of bernadette so he's a half brother to catholic boy um who you know obviously had some considerable success at saratoga and Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that when we're when we're making our decision process of of deciding where to bring a horse if we have a pedigree that we think really resonates with with that domestic audience or has some saratoga form then, uh, if the physical suits, then we we always find that that uh, those type of pedigrees and, and horses can really resonate in that marketplace. And um, this is a really nice colt, and uh, we're really excited. He was he was uh, Ray, you know, bred and raised by Bridalwood Farm down in down in Florida, and um, you know we can't can't wait to get him on the grounds, and we think he's a he's a pretty pretty special individual. Um continuing on we've got uh uh 209 is a is a city of light colt first first crop of city of light um and he's out of swing it and uh this is a mare that we've we've had pretty good uh success in Saratoga before mm-hmm. uh she's the dam of Travel Column who we sold at Saratoga to to Larry best for 850,000 um at the Saratoga sale few years ago and uh we sold her her brother by american pharaoh uh at the phasig tipton september select sale last year uh he would have gone to saratoga had we have been able to come up mm-hmm. but um he was bought by speedway stables and marette Farrell for for a million and a quarter and uh wow this mare, just everything she throws, she, she just gets great looking yearlings that just have a lot of athleticism and balance. And, um, Chris and Bane Welker, uh, our own swing and are the breeders. And, you know, they've, they've told me several times that they think that this colt might be the best foal that swing it's given them. So that's wow. pretty high praise from two yeah. very good horsemen and, uh, we're, uh, we're pretty excited about him. Um, Another one that I'd mention is we've got a a Bolt Dioro Colt uh, Hip One Nineteen out of I think so, and this one is a is a special one for us. Bolt Dioro was a Saratoga grad for Denali. Um, you know, uh, we took him up there, and he was bought by Ike Green for Mick Ruiz uh, for six hundred and thirty thousand and uh so to have his first crop of yearlings to have a have a bolt to go up there mm-hmm. and you know we, we might have to put that colt in the same stall that Bolt Dioro was in the second stall on the uh-huh. on the front there at barn 7A and um this colt's a, a spitting image of his of his sire if you if you did a little side by side comparison you know you you'd see a lot of bolt in him and um so that's one that we're you know we're excited and there's there's quite a few bolts in there but we think we think he'll stack up very well and then it's always
1: ex-
0: oh sorry, go ahead.
2: Sorry. I'll I'll mention one more. I, I said mm-hmm. I wouldn't talk about the whole consignment. I'm doing <laughs> a very good job of that, but I can't leave, you know, can't leave anybody out. But one that's uh always been a special one for, for us is is Hip 163. He's a candy ride cold out of night and day. Night and day is a unbridled song daughter of Serena Song, who uh who is very near and dear mm-hmm. to the Denali stud family and you know, we, we call her the, the queen of Denali. And um, if Serena's the queen of Denali, night and days, the princess, um, she's, <laughs> she's a big, gorgeous mare, uh, graded stakes producing. She's the dam of Major look uh, her into mischief two-year-old last year sold to Demi O'Byrne for 700,000. And, and this candy ride Colt uh, is, is an exceptional candy ride. He's, he's got Uh, some leg and substance and uh, which is not always a a, you would associate Mm with the with the sire line and um, very well balanced and I mean his best attribute is he's just a very powerful fluid mover and um, it's a family that that's uh, that's always treated us well and we're excited to bring him up there for uh, breeder Jeff Lewis.
0: I'm glad you mentioned him because I wanted to ask you about Serena's song, too, as I know that personally she's an important mare to you, but but for Denali as well. Not only was she a tremendous race mare, but she's been such a great producer, too. I mean, you look through just the horses that she has produced, and there's so much black type and meaning that they have been successful in stakes company. Um, talk a little bit about her legacy and and what she really has meant because again, not only was she great on track and it's not, I think it's not as frequent that you'll see some of those great race mares always pass on those attributes to their immediate foals.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they broke the mold with Serena. I mean, she, she was an unbelievable race filly. retired as the all time leading disc staff earner, uh, at the time and was an equally prolific producer. Um, You know in our office we have a we have a wall of fame that um has plaques of all the seven figure horses that we've sold and all the graded stakes horses that we've that we've raised or sold and um you know serena has like six or seven uh offspring that that we took to market for bob and beverly lewis and and they you know garnered over over seven figures and so but, and then they went on to run, you know, she's, she's mm-hmm. like a six time graded stakes producer, which is just, you know, un- unbelievable. So, mm-hmm. you know, she fits in my mind, the definition of a blue hen mare and a, and a legacy and foundation mare. And, you know, to see her daughters um, going on to produce with, you know, the likes of Honor Code and, you know, her, it's a, it's now an international pedigree that'll pop up. Um, you never know where it's going to pop up. I remember when I was on flying start, uh, I was doing a, an, an externship with magic millions and we were going through pedigrees for a sale. And all of a sudden there was a, there was a, uh, yearling or a, you know, a horse that hailed from the family of Serena. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, wow. Even in Australia, Serena, (laughs) Serena has, you know, her, her far reaching, um, but she's meant a lot to my family. I mean, the Lewis's entrusted her, uh, to us and, um, you know, allowed us to manage her, her broodmare career. And, you know, she's done more for us than, than we could ever repay her for. We, we say that, you know, there, there are buildings and barns built on this farm because of Serena. And, and she really, she really helped grow our, our operation and our business, um, and help, bring our reputation Mm -hmm. to a new to a new level and uh now to see it with her daughters we've got night and day we've got you know we have several daughters here at the farm and 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 it's great to see that legacy continue on and Serena's still doing fantastic at her ripe Mm -hmm. young age of 29 Uh, she turned 29 this year and uh she's still um you know tours are always highly requested. And we do some horse country tours specific to Serena and, um, she's all, you know, we also, we donate about probably four or five Serena halters a year. And it's amazing (laughs) to see how much those, uh, those halters can still, you know, generate for charities and, um, you know, she's, she's the queen of Denali and, and very much fittingly so.
0: And I believe she helped you, uh, propose to your fiance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
2: she did. I've got, (laughs) I've got a, I've got a halter here in my, in my office that, uh, with the wedding coming up in October, I need to get it framed into a shadow box. But yeah, we, uh, I I had a halter made that said, marry me on it and had it put on, (laughs) put on Serena and, um, we, uh, my fiance and I and her twin sister went out one day to, uh, to meet Serena for the, so her twin sister could meet Serena. And I remember we, it it was a nasty day. It was like raining. It was in early, late November, early December or something. And, and we had moved Serena up with a buddy, uh, to a small paddock and we get out and we're trying to get Serena to come over to, uh, the fence to give her peppermints. And this is, this is so, Serena it was it was hilarious she she loves mints but she does everything her own way and she just stood in the middle of the paddock and I like for a second thought I was going to have to go into the paddock and bring her over to the to the fence to to propose but and then have a fence in between Claire and I but she she begrudgingly came over and um so but no so she it was it was very special for her to be able to Take part in in that special day as well, mm.
0: and I'm so happy for you and Claire, and I, I love that Serena was part of it too. Um, but what one more filly I wanted to ask you about in the um, Saratoga Select Consignment is um, Hip One Twenty Nine, who in the second family you see just that amazing producer Leslie's Lady, who of course produced Beholder, Mendelssohn, Into Mischief. Uh, how exciting is it to have a filly coming from that family in, in your consignment?
2: Uh, it, it's an, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, that, that family is, is one of the most current and, mm-hmm. uh, important families in the, in the North American stud book. And, and this filly has got, she's a big, beautiful scopy filly, um, you know, very smooth, very feminine and attractive. And, uh, and it's, um, you know, it it's a, it's a pedigree that, that, uh, obviously resonates with, with everybody. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked a minute ago about blue hen mares and, you know, this is another perfect example of, of one and, and Leslie's lady. And, you know, we're the, the union rags filly out of Leslie's harmony is, is one that we, uh, that we're excited about and, and have high hopes for.
0: We talked a little bit about Baltoro. You also have uh, one by Justify, City of Light, some of these new stallions whose first crop are now yearlings. Um, what have you kind of noticed about some of the newer stallions who will get a chance to see their offspring now, which is always kind of fun because they're recent in people's memory as far as their their races on the track.
2: Yeah, I mean, this freshman class is, is loaded. Um, you know, Bolt d'Oro, Justify, um city of light i mean it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to to separate uh separate some of these freshman stallions um the city of lights that i've that i've seen have been have been quite impressive i mean city of light was uh you know an absolutely beautiful horse mm-hmm. himself i think he sold as a yearling for like nine hundred thousand, um and uh and his, his yearlings all are, you know, that I've seen have, have a lot of, uh, you can see a lot of the stallion in them. They've, they've all got really nice length of necks and, and shoulders and just attractive horses. Um, I've seen quite a few bolts, and, and he's really stamping them. Um, just really, really well-balanced and athletic-looking horses. Um, the Justifies are, are um, strong – uh, leggy horses, you know, it'll, I'll be, it'll be really interesting to see, um, how they perform as two year olds going forward, uh, mm-hmm. just cause they look like they might need a little bit of time. But, mm-hmm. uh, the filly that we have is, is out of a, is out of a Langfur mare, uh, who was twice grade one placed, furiously kissed. And, uh, so that justify Langfur cross, um, worked well. uh, You know, she's a more medium-sized filly, very well-balanced and very, very attractive.
0: Also have the New York bread sale the week after, another thing that we didn't get a chance to have last year. And I think, um, you know, for New York Horsemen and how much the New York bread program has grown, that was certainly a big blow. And you have a, a large consignment this year for the New York bread yearling sale as well.
2: Yeah, you know, the New York Bread sale is we've always been uh one of the leading consigners, if not the leading consigner in that in that sale. And um, you know, we're gonna come up and, and try to do so again. We've mm-hmm. we've got some some excellent uh New York breeders who uh who we've had the pleasure of working with for a long time. Uh Vivian Malloy of An Addition Farm, mm-hmm. Marlene Brody of of Gallagher Stud and and Gallagher's is actually um, offering their entire yearling crop in the New York bread sale, um, which is, which is a first for them. Normally they would, they would have one or two in the, in the select sale or one and one and two, perhaps at Keeneland, but uh, they're going to offer everything in the, in the New York Bread sale, which is, I think is a great opportunity for, for New York, uh, buyers and, uh, and trainers, um, because that program is, has been very successful. Um, and, uh, we've got, uh, hip 395 is a into mischief Philly first fall out of a Spitestown mayor named downtown mama that into mischief Spitestown cross is mm-hmm. just dynamite. It's uh, it's the same cross. It's the exact same cross as Mia Mischief and Mischievous Alex, who's going to run in the mm-hmm. Vanderbilt tomorrow, uh, as well as graded stakes winner Engage. So you know that speed on speed, it's proven to be very prolific. Um, and this filly looks fast and early, and um, you know we're we're very excited to to bring her that up there and uh, and showcase her. Um, Another uh, nice filly that that's coming to that sale is uh, hit four fourteen. She's a Pioneer of the Nile out of Flip Cup. Flip Cup was mm-hmm. a Grade Three winner of the Maple Leaf at Woodbine, and she was third in the Arlington Matron. And this is her first foal. And um, Flip Cup was just a hard knocking, sound mm-hmm. uh, mare. And uh, this is uh, this is the last crop of Pioneer of the Nile, who unfortunately we we lost too soon. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is a very nice filly. She's done extremely well over, over the last uh, month and several weeks. And which is, which is very kind of typical of the pioneers. They, they can uh, they really tend to blossom in the summer as, and as you're, as they get farther into their prep program. And this is, she's a real smooth, uh, good moving filly. So uh, we've got a, we've got a strong group for the New York red sale and, and uh you know last year was was really tough on on New York breeders um mm-hmm. not being able to have the New York bread sale uh was really challenging it's uh that New York bread sale is hands down the best place to sell a New York bread and pound for pound they sell very well in that sale and so having to have a have a session in in September at the Phasic sale for New York breads um, you know, was, was not ideal, but we had to make the best of a, of mm-hmm. a not great situation. I think that summed up 2020 uh, as a whole, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think uh, I think for all the, the pain that we endured last year, we'll, we'll make up for it this year. Cause I think that New York bread mm-hmm. sale is going to be going to be very strong and the select sale in general. You know, I, I, when we were talking with clients about the sale, you know, we we just said you, we were very we we're always very bullish on Saratoga for for several reasons this year. Um, one, it's the 100 year anniversary, so mm-hmm. you know that Phasig is going to up their game and and put together a, a great catalog and and make it special. Um, two, we weren't there last year, so yeah. you know I think everyone you know, whether it's the meet or whether it's Saratoga, everyone's so excited to get back to Saratoga. I know that the town is, must be absolutely buzzing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that there's a recipe to have a really electric two nights of selling. And, uh, and it's obviously something that we really got behind and supported with, uh, with more horses than, than we've normally taken up there. And, um, you know, I, um, I'm excited. I can't wait to come up.
0: Well, can't wait to see it all unfold. Um, Conrad, thank you so much for, for giving a preview, wishing you and the team the best of luck with the sale and with your consignment, both with the select sale and the New York Bridge sale. And uh, we can't wait to see you up here.
2: I, I'll see you guys next week. And uh, I'm glad to hear you've got some standing reservations. I might be, <laughs> might be calling you and Miguel uh, uh, and seeing if we can tag along.
0: You are always welcome. Yeah, did did that ahead of time because Saratoga is definitely the happening place, which is so much fun, but um, wishing you all the best with the sale. Thanks again for coming on the show.
2: Uh, thanks so much for having me.
0: And that'll do it for another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Courtney. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to share this episode with people that you think may enjoy it. And uh, as always, send me some suggestions if you have them. We'll keep watching all of the action, the stakes action, two-year-old action, major graded stakes weekend with the Jim Dandy coming up, the Vanderbilt Bowling Green at Saratoga. We'll be keeping an eye on all of that. And of course, getting ready to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Saratoga Sale of basic tipton It's the world's most prestigious auction of select yearlings in a single catalog. You heard about some big pedigrees and some ones look forward to from the Denali stud consignment today. Fasig-Tipton Saratoga Sale is the sale of a century and has produced breed shapers, champions, classic winners, and international stars. Some recent graduates, Grade 1 winners, Known Agenda, Valiance, and Flagstaff it out august 9th and 10th in saratoga see you next time on in the ring with acacia courtney thanks for listening everyone